0: Go ahead and grab one of those. We're going to be in Chapter One today, called Sin and Salvation. We're going to talk about a story, an amazing story that we're all part of, that we're main characters with, and that's the story of God. It's Jesus is the story of us, His story of God. And I want my heart is when we get done with this message today, you'll understand where you stand in God's plan, and I hope you understand those who don't know the, the plan of God. You see why they're suffering outside of God. We're going to talk about from the very beginning. And I don't know about you. I always want to start the understanding. So I want to start from the beginning, so I know exactly why things are the way they are. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to go into it. And Father, I thank you this morning for your Spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for this day. And Father, as we dive into this story, your very story, the unshakable story, I pray, God, we will have a foundation of assurance, a foundation of our faith, knowing that. You are miraculous. You started something on a positive, and you ended something, and you're ending things on a negative on a positive. So we bless you and we thank you this morning, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. amen. Now today is Father's Day, and I'm gonna have fun. How many guys like to go to movies that has a lot of action? Yeah. Right? No plot. Right? Just blow stuff up, and we're, we're okay. Right? Because we're guys. You just look at stuff, and things blow up. Well, in this and the movie I love, one of the movies I really love, because, and this has something to do with Texas, is Armageddon. Everybody see Armageddon? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm, yeah, I got two years. Awesome. The rest of you guys have not seen the movie, give up your brother card. Okay. Now, it's a great movie. And, you know, it's great because you got Bruce Willis and you got Ben Affleck. Sorry about Ben, but he had to be there. You know, he hasn't done nuts and well lately except Batman. And that wasn't, anyway. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's not on the tape. It's about a movie of uh, there's a comet that's going to hit Earth and destroy it. And NASA was involved in trying to how to destroy the comet. And they had astronauts, and they just came up with a plan. If we can get some drillers, and we can teach them how to be astronauts, they can go up, we can take two shuttles, fly up to the asteroid, land there, and they can drill holes and put a nuclear bomb and then explode it, and it won't even touch the earth. Because if they hit the earth, all mankind was going to be destroyed. And you see this action take place. It's amazing. But, you know, something about our hearts, about those who action like that, especially at the end, you know, when everything looks out good, we're like, yeah, there's something in us. Especially, guys, we like when someone lays down their lives for them. We all fall for that, fall down for that. When someone would give their life for the bigger cause. Well, Bruce Willis. Uh, the mission was called For All Mankind. Got to the end, things went totally wrong because we had the astronauts wanted to do what they wanted to do, and then you had the uh, drillers who were just raw, and things went bad. At the end of it, it came for one came thing. The only way we can save Earth is if someone had to give up their lives. So Bruce Willis became the guy. And if you know about Bruce Willis, it's a good movie because it's the first time I've ever seen him cry. And you got you know sometimes you're like oh man he's gonna do that and Ben Affleck like daddy and he's crying and all that. Got to see the movie. And uh, at the end, when he seemed like he couldn't do it, they were going, debating should we go back and help him. And one guy said this because Bruce Willis's character was called his name was Harry. He said, "Harry does not know how to fail." And at the very end, he blew it up at the end, and, and it just split off. And I love the end of it when they land and the guys walk slow motion, you know, like they're bad and all that, and all that. You know, you just man, this is great. Save the world. And the name of the patch, the mission was called For All Mankind. Well, when you look at the creation story, the story, the unshakable story, is for all mankind, that we know we, have, we serve a God, who never fails. It's impossible for him to fail. And what we're going to spend the next few minutes that we have is unpacking a story. We'll go to the great part of it, then we'll go down to the part that is not so great, and then we'll see how God responds when things come up in our lives. And I'm hoping that anyone who seems to be going through a lot of circumstances will understand the vast, uh, the greatness of God, that his whole plan in life is to take care of his creation. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis. We're going to be in the book of Genesis in the very beginning. This is what I call creation. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. That's a thesis statement because in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. We never need to forget that who created the heavens and the earth. Whenever we lose who created the heavens and the earth, we start to make our own creations. We try to come up with our own philosophy of life. When God sets something in motions, he took something that was formless and he made it into something. The heavens and the earth. And as you see, as you unpack it in Genesis chapter 1, how he created heaven, created the earth, created the seas, created all those things. He got down into chapter, and verse 26 into 29. He got down and we get into the picture. In verse 26, it said, then God said, let us. Make man in our image. Now, Jesus, God was not bipolar, okay? He said out the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion which, in charge over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, Circle that. That's on your attack today. God does not make mistakes. Male and female. Whenever we get far away from cre- the original creation, we start to create our own mankind. And it gets confusing. And the only information you got is in Wikipedia, not the Bible. Male and female. He doesn't make mistakes. You're not a mistake. He created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, be fruitful and multiply. Now, we have some dads stand up um, this year, but we have some fathers who who are going to be fathers stand up next year. That's what multiplication means. So get busy, men, but be married first, okay? All right, there's no, there's no test drives in the kingdom, all right? Okay, I want to make sure I get that out because someone will say, you didn't say that. Anyway, where am I at? Married and job. Thank you, married and job. Thank you, Lord. Okay, and that's in feelings 19. Okay, in so do I have dominion over the fish in the sea of the heavens, uh, every living thing that moves on the earth? And he, God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, Every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them. The very beginning of the story of God begins with a loving creator creating all things. I love Colossians 1, 16. It says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. It's like my Jesus. A loving creator. This is how it starts off. And then you see he puts man in the middle of his creation. Where there's paradise, because the only communication they have is between Adam and Eve and God. Paradise, peace, harmony, and most of all, fellowship with God. Unhindered fellowship. Nothing separated their relationship. The word, uh, let us make man in our image. In the Hebrew translation, it makes let us make man our image. As our image. So I said, what does God look like? Every one of us. As his image. As his likeness. Paradise. Nothing broken. Perfect. Nothing broken. Man and God walking hand in hand in fellowship. And as his creation He had Adam name all the animals, had dominion over that. Uh, And as his creation, we are dependent upon our creator who gives us life. And this is the most important one, definition. And meaning in this world. When people have a meaningless life because they they have not discovered the meaningful God. He brings definition. Definition. There's so many conf- people are so confused who they are because then when we separate from the one who gives us definition, who gives us identification, the farther we get away, the more we create. We don't even know what a real man looks like today. They want us to have a bunch of feelings and have a, uh-uh, nah. We Some of us have feelings, but not the way you think. Because we get away from the, the, defin- the one that gives definition, the farther we get, we create our own definitions, And then we try to manage that, and it doesn't work. So we're dependent upon. So everything was perfect, a perfect creation, paradise, nothing broken, nothing missing. And then the story goes downhill. Because what God has given us as a gift sometimes has become a curse to us. He created us with our own will, He didn't create a robot. He created a living being with their own will. And let's go down. We're going to go down to one of the historical things that happened and where we are today. It's called our fall. In Genesis chapter 2, he told them all the instructions about eating and, and maintaining life and building life. Our fault, what it gets down in our fall in Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7. It says this. Now the serpent was more crafted than any other beast in the field that the Lord had God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of this tree of the garden in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. Don't need to know that. So when the woman saw the tree was good and the food, good for food and there was the light to her eyes, which says in chapter two, it is and the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit, ate it and she gave it to her husband. So with her who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. This point from being peaceful went south quickly. One thing about being deceived, guys, deception is always mixed with truth. God, as we read all the way, the first two chapters, God is the ultimate giver. Everything in there is yours. All of it is yours. Just don't touch this. Now, I used to hear that as a kid. The whole backyard is yours. Just don't go across the street. Well, what did I focus on? Across the street. And then I lost the privileges of everything in the yard for a while. So that devil turns it from a God who's giving He must be holding something back from us. When people want to get am I going to give out? Am I going to lose something? No. God never holds nothing back from you. He always holds something good for you. He holds something great for us. We didn't need to know about the good and evil. I didn't need to know that. All I need to know was the good, that God is good. His mercy endures forever. My communication is for lifetime. I don't need to know what's good and bad. Now we're trying to figure that out. Because now we're saying what's good is bad. What's bad is good. Because the farther we get from the creation, we create our own definitions. Right? Make sense? Now, we were creating God's natural and moral likeness. All right? Now, when Adam sinned, he lost the moral likeness, his sinlessness. But the natural state, our intellect, our emotions... They still remain. So when everyone says, I'm inherently good, I haven't robbed a liquor store. I haven't done anything wrong. If you don't know Jesus, you're not inherently good. Because at that point, when Adam sinned, we have become evil. We're bent toward evil. And we're seeing it recognized more and more in society. How can they do that? Apart from the God, you'll be surprised what we will do. We're bent that way. Our nature has been shattered, the original nature, and now we have the nature of sin. He was the ambassador for all of us. When he, when he sinned, we all got it. Make sense? This is supposed to be good news, guys. Now, you get to the good news, but I got to tell you how bad it is. Because people, th- I'm inherently good. I haven't robbed anybody. No, you're not. You're bent. Your heart is bent on evil. Try spending about a month away from reading your Bible and praying. What is your heart like when someone cuts you off? Is it like, oh, praise the Lord. No, you want to kill them, don't you? Where that, you know, because if you look at it, in chapter 4, we notice the first murder. Was no murder in one and two. Three, man fell. Then murder starts. Oh, we have all the murder right? Yes, because it's in man's heart. And society's line is, well, I'm inherently good. No, you're not. Because if you think you're inherently good, you think you can make yourself better. You can't. Again, Ephesians 2, we're we're dead and we're doomed. His soul died in connection with God. So he doesn't know how to sense God when he's doing something. That's where the death came from. It wasn't a physical death. It was a spiritual death. Which I always say, guys, every decision we make is a spiritual decision. Because every decision we make, we're either going to go closer to God or we're going to go farther from him. And he became dead spiritually. And when you see it played out today, is what's going on. He represented all humanity. As a result, sin entered all the world to our very core, not just sin, I love, I love the word sin. I mean, not love the sin, word sin. I love the, um, Romans 5, 12. says, therefore, just as, as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. You ever see that played out in society? Like I've been riding with the police department. Usually when I see a kid on crack, he's not too far from a dad who's been on crack. If you see a child that's, in, um, that's going to jail, He has about two or three generations that's in jail. See how it passes on from one generation to another? This is generational. Well, this one here, inherently, we picked this up, the sin. It's amazing. 518, not just sin. Um, We had condemnation. 5.18 says, therefore, one trespass, one sin led to the condemnation of all men. And we see it played out. That's why we make jokes about children. No one teaches them no. That's what comes out of them because that's what's in them. And then you got to spend a lifetime taking it out of them with the help of God. Now, here's the man's predicament. Paradise, poverty. What happens? He sins. Death comes, guilt, shame. So what do we do when we sin? We run and hide because it's shameful. Now, at that moment, because we're hopeless and helpless, and in, in their lives they were helpless and hopeless. At that moment, because God is God, He could destroyed The story would have ended. He had justification to kill the story. But when everyone tells you the Old Testament one is the, is the most violent, it isn't. It's so full of love and grace from God himself and mercy. God decided, I'm going to go in the garden, and, and I'm going to go look for my creation. Now, he asked a question he already knew the answer to. He's just trying to get a conversation started. And they ran, and they hid. And he knew at that moment, there's nothing they can do to restore this relationship back. It's not they're not it's not possible. They lost something in this shuffle. So then if you look at your, your Bibles, Genesis 3.15. you'll see something that's amazing. He curses it, you know, because after Adam sinned, he blamed his wife, he blamed God for giving him a wife. The wife blames the serpent. You know, when today when people sin, they blame everyone else but themselves. It's okay, it's just part of sin nature. And all of a sudden, he comes to the serpent. Now you are crafty, now you're cursed. And then he gets into this part about, I'm going to raise the seed of the woman. He will, now if you have the King James, it's capital, capital H-E, which means a deity. He will crush the serpent's head or bruise it. He will bruise, the serpent will bruise his heel. All of a sudden, they call this the first gospel, the first good News, Jesus, my son, is coming to crush your skull when he goes and dies on the cross. Now, you're going to bruise him because he's going to suffer. But when he raises up, he's going to destroy every work of the devil. (laughs) You messed it up, but you have no plan. I have a purpose, I have mercy, I have grace, and I have a plan. Follow the plan. And next thing you know, we're here. Talking about Easter, when Jesus rose up, it says in the Bible, he destroyed the works of the devil. He disarmed the works of the devil. So when he shoots at you, as a water gun. The only reason why he's effective with us is because we believe what he says. When he says you're not worth anything and you're not good at anything, he's a liar. John 8, 4, 4. His voice is a liar. He's a liar from the very beginning to destroy the glory of God. Now, when you look at that scripture, it means this: I declare war. And guess what? We're in a war. And guess who's in the middle? We are. Don't take it personal. Devil doesn't care where you wind up. He just don't want you glorifying God. So Jesus, God had a plan. He had a plan. The first gospel, the good news. You find good news in the Old Testament? Yes. It's Jesus Christ concealed, New Testament, Jesus Christ revealed. Thank God for the plan. And we get to live the plan out, but we get to read about the plan. But if we don't read it. We don't know the plan. What was God's plan? One part one is his redemption. God's redemption. It was our fall. But he said, I want to redeem man. Whom am I going to use? My very own son who lived a, a being life that we could not live and died a death that we should have died for our sin and guilt. And then the wrath and judgment that we received, we should have received, he received for us. Oh, my gosh. Armageddon for all mankind. Now, we're waiting to the very end for the glory, glory. Today is the glory, glory If I'm saved. I don't get what I deserve. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Someone give me an amen. I'm preaching better than you saying it. On himself. Romans 5 says, God showed his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Even though I reject him, he died for me. That is amazing, man. Wow. So I know the story. It gets better. It gets so much better. What's our response? faith in him now we always think the faith that we have to conjure up the faith stay with me we don't, we're not that good yeah. I'm not that, it's not the strength of my faith, it's the object of my faith and the object gave me the faith to have faith yeah. I want me to say it again the object of our faith gave me faith to have faith gives us everything think I came to church? I guess I'll get saved today no. got messed mess with. Who was that? The Holy Spirit. Gotta help you along. Read the end of the Gospels and see how hard it was for them to kill Jesus. They were so they couldn't even kill him. He had to help them. And he kept saying, so it'll be you know it was be fulfilled. It was in the Old Testament. They still couldn't get it right. False witnesses couldn't get it right. No one can get it right. And I know he had to say, okay, like. Let's do it now. John 3, 16, the one we know. For God so loved the world. That word, word world means universe. The universe. He gave his only who? That we, whoever believes in, shall not perish, have eternal life. This is what I'm talking about. We can't take credit for it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. What's that grace? Grace is a gift. receive the gift. What keeps us from receiving a gift is our will. And here's what my teachers say. How's that working for you? Just a question. You can answer it later. Do faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works. So no one may boast. You know, it's like someone gives me a beautiful, in fact, I got a beautiful gift today in my office. Pastor John gave it to me. I looked inside, I said, man, and my wife left me some great gifts because she's going out of town to children's ministry. And you're talking about sweets. So someone gave me a nice cake. Man, I'm like, and I got brownies and I got cookies. I'm like, whoa. Now, how crazy for me not to eat it? Right? You say, Pastor, are you crazy? Right. So how crazy for me not to receive the free gift of Jesus? How, how crazy for me to hold on to what I want to hold on to, because that became my identity. I'm afraid to give it up because it's scarier being saved than it is being lost. I like being lost. I have no responsibility. Everyone is te- has their attention on me. Been there. One thing we wants us to do though. It doesn't stop there. It's only part one. Part two is this our restoration. See, God has the end of the story. It's the restoration. So I'll stand. When we get, you know, when we do this in faith, we, he completely forgives us. But I just, you know, I want more than forgives. I want him to restore us. I want to go, you know how you do your computer? Restore back to factory settings. Come on, somebody. You, you get you all fancy with it, and then you take it to the guy, and he goes, you go, especially you go to Apple Shop, he goes, uh, what'd you do to it? Nothing. He hits his button, restores it back to factory setting. Well, that's what he wants to so restore back, which was from the beginning. In the very beginning, the devil was under his feet. Adam didn't know that. At the very end of the story, the devil doesn't exist. Now, in the middle of it, it's fine. But if I already know you lost, why am I even jacking with you? And why am I letting him, you try to jack with me? Revelation 21, 1 through 4 says this. Man, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Why? Because this one ain't good enough. This one is sin bound. For the first heaven and the first earth has what? Has what? Yes. All right. It's the Bible now. It's the Bible. You can talk in the Bible. And it sees one no more. I'll tell you about that next week. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Woo! It gets better than this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God with man. Factory reset. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself, God himself, God himself will be with them as their God. Now, as it gets better, he'll wipe away every tear from your eye. (laughs) And death, because there wasn't death prior to the fall, no more death. So when you see me in the New Jerusalem, don't be surprised at the fro. Neither shall there be mourning. What am I crying about? The God that I was separated from, even though I'm yearning for him now, he's within me, he's right here with me. He's dwelling with me. No crying. Come on, somebody. No pain. If you got authorized, you say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. The former things have passed away what's so amazing about this story God created something fantastic we messed it up but our God took responsibility to restore why? because he loves us just that much he took responsibility to restore that which was broken He started on a positive and then he ended on a a glorious positive. So wherever you're going through right now, guess what? This is a glorious ending because it isn't over yet. It isn't over yet. He always starts on a positive. He always ends on a positive. When I know that, my very foundation of standing on that promise becomes strong that I will lose people like I lost my dad but I will see him again in the new Jerusalem it's not weird it's Bible and ever I get encouraged or discouraged I get to read this Bible and watch a mess become a message because the story of God the redemption story in all these pages. And I'm saying, God, you are amazing. And the older I get, the more awe I have. Because I slow down long enough to know that I'm not good at anything, only he's good at everything. So I'm going to worship. We're going to worship. And I want to encourage you. Well, it's God started the full circle, that's what he wants. If you know who Jesus is, you're part of that story. Regardless of what happens in the middle, always recognize the glorious beginning. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You were planned way before the foundation of the earth and know that at the end, you will live with your Father in heaven all the days of your life. And those who you met on earth, you get to practice and hang out with them in the new Jerusalem. Can I get a hand clap somebody? So when I know the polar opposites, and the opposite, the polar, the whole story, I'm going to make a story here on earth. And Father, I thank you this morning, God. We recognize we need you recognize